Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. I'll say this periodically throughout a few of these messages, but it's very true that Christians can be overeducated yet underexperienced with God, with the Holy Spirit. It's true that we have a ton of knowledge in Scripture, and I love the Scripture, but I feel like we need to have more experience with the Holy Spirit. It's not a weird thing. Remember, the Holy Spirit is, is, is God. He's the God of order, but, but the Holy Spirit, you see, Jesus makes us right with God. The Holy Spirit cultivates relationship with God and with other people. So that's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need him to break down those walls. Uh, we're all at different levels and different places in our lives and faith. So I'm just asking all of us to, to embrace it. I really believe that the Holy Spirit moving in our lives is also going to be a challenge to our comfort, um, comf- comfortable Christianity. Th- those words don't go together. Uh, Christianity is not comfortable. We get comforted because we, are, we have to step outside of our comfort zone to give a message, to do something that God wants us to do. And, and that's what the Holy Spirit's job is, to just lead us into places that are uncomfortable in order to make a difference in people's lives. You guys with me? Um, the, the days of us four and no more are gone. <laughs> you know, hiding behind the, the, the four walls of a church. This church is so needed. All churches, right? It's so needed. We need this place to be built up. We gotta get together. Bible says don't forsake the fellowship, especially as you see the last days approaching. We need each other. We gotta build each other up. We gotta hear the word. We gotta lift up our hands to God. This is what's needed and critical for these last days. Come on, you guys. So here we go. But we are, yeah. You guys are doing great. Here we go. Um, So I'm starting a brand new uh, series, which, uh, again, when when you think of what what I'm saying or what God is saying through this message, always remember this is the year of the Spirit. So, but we're starting a new message called In Your Element. Say In Your Element. And let me just start this by declaring this over you today. You are a gift to the rest of us. You are a gift to the rest of us. You have a unique and critical part to play in our lives. And you are designed to live in your element, in that unique way that only you can live in this world. And when you live in your element, the rest of us are impacted, we're inspired, we're empowered, and connected to one another. You are a gift to the rest of us. Let's look what the Bible has to say about this in 1 Corinthians 12, 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with church, the body of Christ. Verse 14, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, 
Would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Oh, I love that. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard are less honorable are those we clothe with greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together is such that the extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. Woo. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, then all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. You have a place, you have a part, you are a gift. And when you begin to discover where you fit in, the puzzle starts coming together and your purpose and passion unfold. Truth is, we're all just really trying to find out where we fit in. Our place in life, our wheelhouse, that sweet spot. So let me ask you this. Are you excited about your life? Are you enjoying it and living it with purpose? Do you sense a future filled with opportunity? Do you live with anticipation? Is it exciting for you to think where God is going to take you, what he's going to teach you, what he's going to tell you, what adventures he might have for you. If not, my prayer is to pull you out of any discouragement, any mediocrity, and watch God lead you into the wonderful and powerful purpose he has planned for you. See, today is an opportunity for God to draw out your destiny. Look at Proverbs 20, verse 5. I love this. The purpose of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. So Holy Spirit, begin to draw purpose and destiny out of everyone listening today. Let's start here. Many times, purpose, and by the way, in your element, is, is, is really finding purpose in life, right? But many times, purpose or destiny is actually birthed out of a holy irritation. That's right. You know something isn't quite right on the inside. Come on. Something needs to change or something is about to change. You can't quite put your finger on it. You, 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 you feel unsettled, but let me encourage you today that holy irritation could actually be birthing your purpose. Still follow me? See, many times the thing that irritates the calling indicate the calling. There are countless examples. But let me just give you one. Our greeters. You, come on. Bob and Courtney, yeah. The, the, these guys, these people, these awesome men and women are so important 
to our church. They, they, they are. I call them the front lines. You know, they, they stand by the doors or, or you know, they're, they're in a place where they're kind of, they're just greeting, they're encouraging, they're, 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 the, they're the front line as people come to church. I hear a lot, I hear a lot, oh man, we love the people of your church. We love your people. Yeah, that, that's, the, that's our people, right? Greeting, greeting. Now, I've had a few poor experiences in other places. I don't know if you have. There were times when I walked into a church and nobody greeted me. Nobody even looked at me. <laughs> I'm not that ugly. Come on. No. So someone who has a gift of greeting, a gift of hospitality, customer service, if they walk into a church like that that doesn't greet them, doesn't look at them, they're going to get irritated. You hear what I'm saying? They're gonna get, they're like, they're, they're like, wait a minute, what's up with this? And they're like, nobody's greeting me, and I'm and, and but they have a gift of, of greeting, gift of hospitality. But here's a quick tip: if you are a part of that church, don't leave because of your irritation. Stay and go to work because God is trying to show you your place, your purpose. He's trying to get you to be a part of the body that's needed. He wants you to be the change. See, too many people get irritated and just leave. That's never God. When you get irritated because something's not quite working. I don't know if there's ever going to be a perfect church because people aren't perfect, right? But I want, I want to show you something. It could be that your irritation is an actual calling from God saying, hey, this is where I've gifted you. But go ahead and step in there, not, not in a judgmental way, but in a way that you can help make change. Because I found out that destiny, there's three parts to destiny, the three things that happen when destiny comes. It can be delayed, Jonah. It can be denied, Felix. And, or it can be boldly embraced. And I can count many, many people who've boldly embraced their destiny, their purpose. So let me show you this truth that your irritation <clears throat> is an indication. Habakkuk was living in a time of deep darkness. The environment he was living in, here's another minor prophet I'm going to talk about. The, the environment he was living in was a self-serving, idol-making, dishonest, and corrupted culture. People were living only for themselves. So guess what? He got irritated because he wanted things to change. But here's the deal. He doesn't point fingers or call for an airstrike from heaven. He humbles himself and looks inside and prays. Look at, look at what he does in Habakkuk 2.1. He goes, all right. He goes, I'm irritated. I'm irritated. I, I don't like what's going on in life. I don't like what's happening. I don't like all the stuff that's happening. He goes, so, so he says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go pray. I'm gonna, I'll stand my watch. I'm going to go up to a watchtower myself or this, this rampart. It's a high place where you can try to maybe get a little closer to God. And he says, I'm going to watch to see what God will say to me. And look at this. this. This is the key verse. And what I will answer when I am corrected. Oh, I love that. Say, when I'm corrected. 
You like correction? <laughs> Humble pie? No, I don't think any of us like it, right? But it's so necessary. It is so needed. What a phrase. This phrase will keep us from so many unnecessary troubles in life. What God will say when I'm corrected. I love this. I do, but I don't, right? So Habakkuk is saying, I'm not going to jump to conclusions. I'm not going to judge, be jury, and executioner. I'm going to pray and let God correct me if he wants to. See, that's how discovering your purpose begins. From an authentic moment of humility. Saying, when, when he corrects me. See, if you get irritated and only stay irritated, you've crossed over to the dark side. But if you get irritated and go immediately to God in humility, he will deliver vision and purpose and destiny right to your doorstep. I've seen it so many times. I've seen people delay destiny simply because of pride. And they don't, like, I always look at this, pride always points. Whenever, whenever someone's operating or I'm operating pride, I'm always looking at somebody else's stuff, what they're not doing or what they're doing. Come on, you guys. I'm not the only one who struggle with that, right? Pride always points. But I always, I always like that when they say, yeah, check out all the fingers pointing back at you, Dan, right? <laughs> Three of them. But when you and I have this authentic moment with God, he always delivers purpose or next level. Remember, your irritation is an indication of your purpose. You see, what, see how Habakkuk is, is figuring that out? Your purpose will always start with a personal change, personal repentance, receiving personal correction. Return to me, says the Lord, and I will return to you. Here's the cool thing. After Habakkuk prays, and here's where we go. God shows him, yes, the reality of the world he's living in. How people have turned away from God, but that's not what God wanted to show him. That's not what he wanted him to see. Because that's obvious. Like, how many times you say, oh God, I need, I need vision. Tell me what's going on. He's like, well, COVID, blam, blah, you know, like, hello, I already know that. So God's, God's, God's saying, Habakkuk, I don't want you to see that. This is what I want you to see. All of a sudden, God shines a light on one verse and gives Habakkuk a glimpse of what is coming in the future. Habakkuk 2.14, it pops out of nowhere. Look at this. For as the waters fill the sea, the earth will be filled with an awareness of the glory of the Lord. I, I hope you're hearing this, you guys. We're all praying for revival. We want our family members to know Jesus. We want healing. We want, we want God to come with his glory, right? And, and, and I, I, I'm seeing the trickle of it. I do. I, I see, oh, okay. I see the lights popping up. I see the treasures being uncovered. I see this verse, which if you read Habakkuk, you're like, you're like, I, like God says, oh, no, things aren't going good. People have turned away. People are living for themselves. And all of a sudden, boop. Habakkuk, this is what I want you to see. My glory 
is coming. I'm coming. My awareness, the people you're praying for, I'm going to show up, and I am showing up in their lives right now. All of a sudden, God shines a light on one verse. And if you really want to look at this message series, all of a sudden, people are going to pop out of nowhere. You're thinking, I can't believe they're in church. I can't believe they're I can't believe that God just changed their life. Come on, out of, out of nowhere, out of darkness. Look at, look at this, this verse again, Habakkuk. This is the verse we need to pray, Habakkuk 2.14. Say it again. For, let's just read it together. One, two, three. For as the waters fill the sea, the earth will be filled with an awareness of the glory of the Lord. Come on. <clears throat> out of nowhere, out of obscurity, out of darkness, what was concealed is now plain to see. See, I believe God was showing Habakkuk a glimpse of the last days when God's glory will cover the earth, when prodigal sons and daughters come home, when God's spirit is poured out in measure. We haven't experienced yet. If you're anything like me, Listen, I, I love the church. I love, I love people. I love to help people. But I'll tell you something. Deep down, I'm thinking, this ain't it. Like, like this is good, but this isn't. We're, we're not there yet, you guys. We're not there yet. We're practicing the right things. Praising God, worshiping God. Hey, there's more. There's a glory coming. There's a glory coming that's going to fill the earth. Like, and it's not going to be by your might or your power. It's going to be by the Spirit of God. You don't have to save the world, but God's going to use us to reach people, <clears throat> work through us. Yeah, bring it, bring it. <clears throat> and you and I are a critical part of God's master plan to fill the earth with the glory of God. <clears throat> Say this, say, I am God's glory. You are God's glory. <laughs> Come on. Woo. Mm. We are the ones to display his glory. We are this verse. Oh, man, popping out of nowhere, a light shining in darkness. I remember talking to a gentleman, and for many, many years, he worked in a water treatment plant. And I, I always love to sit down with, with uh, guys that have been around for a long time. I love to hear the stories of back in the day, like, you know, what, what did you buy your first house for? You know, guys that are in their 90s, you know, and, and they're like, oh, I bought it for like 1,200 bucks. I'm like, <laughs> Bought my first car for like 200 bucks. Well, actually, so did I. <laughs> a piece of junk, but <clears throat> blew up in a parking ramp, literally. <clears throat> I'll tell you that story sometime. That's a funny story. Nobody was hurt. I wasn't hurt. But two brand new cars. <clears throat> anyway, I'm not going to go there. <clears throat> He's working in a water treatment plant. And I asked him, what's the, what's the like, uh, by the way, a water treatment plant is where the, literally trash is filtered. It's filtered. It, but it gets stuck in an area where he has to go down and make sure that the water keeps flowing. Apparently that's what was part of his job. I said, what's the coolest thing you ever found down there? 
He goes, one day I was walking down there underneath, and there's a bunch of just trash and refuse. And he goes, I was, I was walking down there, and I saw this little shine, little t- glimmer. And he's like, what was that? <clears throat> it wasn't like a normal glimmer. And he walked over, and he sifted through this little area. And lo and behold, he pulls out of this junk, this trash, a diamond ring. A diamond ring. He got so excited. But the cool thing about this diamond ring is it had an inscription on the inside of the person's name. And when they were married, and he was able to locate the person who lost the ring. And the ring, the person who lost the ring was so elated. It meant so much to them. Isn't that a picture of the gospel, you guys? The people that just feel like they're trash. They feel like they're worthless. They feel like they have no purpose. And we get to go find them. We get to go find them. We get to go brush them off and uncover them and say, you have purpose. And God has placed you here and me as a unique person with a unique mission, mission with the ultimate purpose of knowing him and building, extending his kingdom. See, the part that each of us has to play in these last days is more important than you know. So let me give you three things as we finish. I'll, I'll, I'll get you quick. Because I want to pull purpose from your life. What I've noticed in my journey with God is that he loves to take the broken, the dirty, the downtrodden and make them shine again. God wants to take you places your resume doesn't qualify you for. God wants you to accomplish things you've never done before. That way God gets all the glory. So let me speak in your spirit. Let me help draw you out of a place of obscurity. To see God deliver destiny because first you have purpose. Say you have purpose. Turn to your neighbor and say you have purpose. Turn to someone and say you have purpose. The Bible defines purpose this way. A setting forth of a thing and placing of it in clear view. To expose to public view. In other words, God wants to show you your purpose and then he wants to show you off to the rest of the world in clear view for all to see. God made every single person to live a life with meaning, a life that stands out, that shines the light of Jesus. Everyone, regardless of your background, origin, race, economic status, or skill set, has a unique God-given purpose. And this purpose is already in you, in your heart. Look at this, Psalm 20, verse 4. May God grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. In your heart. It's already there. It's already there. Your purpose is already in you. Purpose. Purpose is the reason for which anything is done, created, or exists. Purpose is the why behind a person, place, or thing. And when you find your why, you find your way. You have purpose. You have purpose because you are valuable. Say, you are valuable. Turn to your neighbor, say, you are valuable. Come on. You are valuable, you are valuable, you are valuable. Many struggle finding purpose because they don't believe they're valuable. Undeniably, emphatically, you are a treasure to God. You are the most precious commodity on earth and beyond. 
And the value you have as a human being doesn't come from where you were born or when you were born or who you know or what you do. Your value comes from your creator, your heavenly father, the one who designed you and made you to know him and reflect him. God treasures you so much that he was willing to give up his one and only son so that you and I would know him and we would know just how valuable we are to him. You are valuable. So you are not an accident. God says you are amazing. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're amazing. Kevin, look at me and say, I'm amazing. <laughs> you're hot. <no. laughs> he says, God says, I'm your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. Your birth was no mistake. Your life is no fluke of nature. Your parents may or may not have planned to have you, but I did. You're valuable. He was not at all surprised by your birth. In fact, he expected it. Well, that's going to mess with some, something. Some. <laughs> he knew it. Come on. Long before you were conceived by your parents, you were conceived in the mind of God. It is not fate. It is not by chance or luck or coincidence that you are breathing at this very moment. You are alive because God wanted to create you. You are valuable. You were born for such a time as this. He designed every single detail of your body. He de deliberately chose your race, the color of your skin, your hair, and every other feature. He custom made you just the way he wanted to and determined the natural talents you would possess and the uniqueness of your personality. Look here, Psalm 139, 15. We're almost done. You made me inside. You know me inside and out, God. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. You have purpose because you are valuable, and you have purpose because you are his. Say, you are his. Say, say, say you turn to your neighbor, say, you are his. Your purpose will always be discovered through relationship with people and, more importantly, with God. Please hear that. People are important. You're going to just, <clears throat> your, your, your irritation is an indication of your, of your calling, right? Come on. Sometimes, sometimes people, I bet you I rub you the wrong way sometimes. Sorry, I don't mean to. But listen, knowing that you belong to him, see, that's what everyone needs to know. Ultimately, you and I are not the creator. We're not the way maker. We're not the promise keeper for our lives. God is. And he's responsible for you. His children. Look at this. Here's that verse again, Psalm 24, verse 1. The, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. Woo. We are talked about the owner. That's what it means, the Lord, the owner. But I get it. See, we've been conditioned and even duped into saying this, no one owns me. We say, I'm the boss of me. And let me, just, let me just help you. That's a very, very frustrating way to live, I promise you. People all over the world live like they're in charge, alone. God is the owner and therefore you are his. Truth is, if God did not care for us and watch over us, we would all ultimately destroy ourselves. 
just because of the flesh that we have and there's an enemy that lives. You guys, come on. Can we let God be responsible for us? Can we just let him be our father? Let him, let the Holy Spirit lead us? Can we let him finish the work? Philippians 1, 6, and I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Hey, listen, God has much invested in you. And he will not allow you to wander in some mysterious fog, even though it seems like it happens sometimes. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You are his. He has affection for you. He, he, he wants to be close to you. Even jealous, a good jealousy. See, it's one thing to say, God so loved the world and gave his, he gave his one and only son, but it's another to say, God so loved me. That he gave his one and only son. God so loves me. Say, God loves me. I'm his. I have purpose. Look at why Isaiah discovered, almost done, 43, 1 through 4, but it says, Now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Don't be afraid. I have ransomed you. I purchased you back. I've called you by name. You are mine. So when you go through deep waters, I'll be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopian Seba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored, and I love you. Come on, yeah. You are his. Just admit it. You'll be much more happy and fulfilled when you just say, I'm his. I am God's. I am his son. I'm his daughter. You have purpose because you are his. And lastly, you have purpose simply because you are loved. You are loved. Remember, that's God's goal. That's God's number one goal in your life is to love you. That's his mission to love you. That's it. Come on. That's it. That we see it and get his son, giving his son. For God so loved the world, he wants to love you. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. It's the love of God that leads them to turn to him. But he doesn't want to just love you. He wants to love you lavishly. Here we go. Say lavishly. That's a great word to end this message and start this year lavishly means rich, elaborate, luxurious, giving great amounts without limits, a profusion of abundance of his love. Isn't that what God did? He must value us a great deal to give us his one and only son, even when we didn't know him or even rejected him. Can you see even a glimpse of that luxurious, rich, elaborate love without limits? God wants to lavish his love on us. 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father's lavished on us. That we should be called children of God. And that is who we are. That's who we are. You're loved. You have purpose. You stand out. You shine bright. You are unique and extremely important 
to the body of Christ. You are an extremely important part of God's ultimate plan to reach people for Jesus, to display his glory. That verse one more time, Habakkuk 2.14, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. A little different version, but you know what I'm saying. That's God, that's you, that's me filling the earth with God's glory. Purpose. It all starts in your element. Purpose. Finding purpose. Waking up with purpose, knowing that, you know what, yes, you have a job, you have things you do. I don't, you have a certain skill set, but the ultimate purpose is to go locate a lost diamond ring, a lost treasure, to go locate them. Brush them off. Brush them off. And say, you have purpose. You are valuable. You are His, and you are loved. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you, God, for the 2022. Yes, be the year of the Spirit. Be the year of the Holy Spirit. And God, it's pretty obvious to us that we know the first fruit mentioned from the Spirit is love. So God, pour your love out in such a lavish way on us, God, right now. Oh, God. Your love, your spirit to comfort, to lead us, to guide us into all truth that sets us free. God, I pray in Jesus' name. And I want to just ask you this. If you have a mountain in front of you that causes you to not believe in Jesus, I want to lead you through a prayer right now this would be the perfect prayer to start this year. It's simple. Let's pray it as a family. Just say, Jesus, come into my heart. I need you. And I believe that you're my Lord. And I believe that God raised you from the dead. For you died for me. Took my sins so that I could be clean. And I could be right with you, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, God bless you guys. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E.org. And like us on Facebook. Resurrection Life Church Cadillac for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.